We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live once again. It is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. We are now just six days away from having an NCAA tournament bracket. I am fired up. Jeff, I hope you're fired up. Today we have Adam. I hope I'm going to pronounce your name uh, correctly. Man, Kuda, is that right? Got it perfect, man. Thank you. Perfect. There you go. Adam, what's going on, man? Why don't you introduce yourself and let people know uh, uh, who you are and, and kind of what you're doing here. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Big fan of the show. Um, you know, my background is pretty much Q Sky from 03, uh, winning the championship on my 22nd birthday as a senior, but obviously a hoops junkie for years, cutting school to, you know, watch the tournament, faking illness as everyone pretty much did, running my high school tournament pools. Um, but yeah, big fan of the show. Uh, you know, glad to work with you guys throughout the year and talk to you guys about this. This was a great show to have all year to kind of, you know, learn about a lot of the teams across the country, get some good insights. So thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to chatting for a little bit. And and what people probably don't know is Adam helped us with the uh, the sixty eight shining moments uh, project that's ongoing right now. We're kind of putting you know pretty much two out there a day uh, during the week through the end of the tournament. And Adam was was critical and kind of helping us uh, guide us uh, throughout that. So uh, yeah. we appreciated Adam and and. No which we have more games for you to talk about today, but let's start with, uh, with yesterday, Rob, let's start with yesterday and, and, and the key. I think the biggest thing was Michigan state, wasn't it? I mean, Michigan state beating Michigan and, and really to me, punching their ticket uh, into the NCAA tournament, despite a very lackluster season. Yeah. I, I think that they're more or less luck. Um, I would recommend beating Maryland in the first round of the big 10 tournament next week. But uh, you know, you would, when in the last 13 days, they've beaten Ohio State, they've beaten Illinois, and they've beaten Michigan. And I don't know if there's three teams that have wins that are that good on their resume. And, and you know, I know they're 14 and 12, but to me, they're in the tournament. Um, and I'll tell you this much. Let's say that they end up getting like a, I don't know, like a 10 or an 11 or a 12 seed somewhere around there. Imagine yep. being the, uh, imagine, let's say that you're Virginia, right? And you're a five seed. And your first round draw as a five seed after winning the ACC is a Michigan State team where Aaron Henry is playing like this and Rocket Watts is playing like this. Like, how much do they hate life if that's what happens? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, not the matchup. And, and oh, by the way, you've got uh, a coach named Tom Izzo on the other sideline. No, they, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. The man has that. an entire month named after him. 
Uh, I guess, yeah. Well, by some, I don't know if I'd name a month after Tom Izzo, but it's not. By like the way, the we're not has- we're, we're not giving John Rothstein credit for coming up with January, February, Izzo, April. He he doesn't get credit for that one. No, no. He gets he, or, he's or, come up with he's, or, he's had or some this good is nicknames. March. Or this is March. I think this is March. Kind of came long before uh, Stick Boy. Uh, Adam, how do you feel about Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, yesterday I think certainly punched their ticket, but the critical thing is, you know, with the way Maryland is playing, obviously the last week, as you kind of tweeted out, Rob, last night, like they're going to need that game too. So it depends to me, like, how they're going to look in that game itself. But again, those wins, you know, are better than a lot of the other bubble teams' wins. I, you know, I think along the lines that you guys have too, that I'd love to see them in one of those first four games if it comes to it. You'll put them up against a team like a Drake or one of those mid majors that deserves a bid and let's, and just roll the balls out there and let's see how they do. Um, I thought it was a tricky spot also yesterday for Michigan, you know, coming off the win on Thursday, you know, going on the road um, towards the end of the season. The back to backs have always been tricky this year. So, you know, I wasn't surprised by the outcome, but I certainly know with Izzo on the sideline that that's the type of matchup he's going to win. Um, and again, they, he motivated that team and, and they should be in now. I think they obviously have the resume that's a lot better than a lot of those other bubble teams that are out there. So wouldn't shock me if they're in, would love to see him in that first four. And, you know, again, if, if you're right, if they're a Virginia matchup in the first round or someone like that, Virginia is not going to be happy. Uh, but I would certainly take Michigan state in that matchup just based on, you know, obviously the, the backgrounds and how they're coming in red hot. And I'll see Virginia struggled throughout the year as we've seen outside, you know, out of the, of the, you know, lower uh, lower wins in that league this year for Virginia. So, to me, Michigan State's peaking at the right time, and no surprise there with Izzo on the bench. How worried are you about Michigan, Jeff? Not very. I mean, again, like like Adam was saying, like it's a tricky spot because what are they playing for? Everybody's telling them they already have a number one seed locked up, which they did. Uh, I know it's your rival. I know you want to beat the hell out of them again. You just did it. Um you know, but again, you're not playing for quite as much. You know, to me, I want to see what they do in the Big Ten tournament. They, they've got, listen, they've proven it over the course of the year that I still don't put them at the, if everybody's playing at their A-plus game, to me, it's Gonzaga Baylor at one level, and Michigan's still a step below them. But they certainly have a ch- a chance to to get to the Final Four and win this whole thing, especially, you know, considering all the the – you know, all the factors that are going to be involved when these teams and these kids get to Indianapolis. I mean, people aren't going to take that into account that these kids aren't going to be able to leave their hotel rooms for most of the time. It's not going to be a traditional Final Four so I, I or NCAA tournament. So I think, you know, the mental part of it is going to play more into it than ever uh, and, and how these guys stay locked in. And um, so, yeah, I, I still like Michigan a lot. Yeah, I, I'm I'm there too. The the thing you mentioned about um, the players being stuck in Indianapolis, like I I don't think people realize that Michigan when they go there, they're basically going to be there for a month, and they're going to be living in the hotel room hope. for a month. They hope. <laughs> yeah, like assuming that they make a run, but they're basically going to be living in a hotel room for a month. Like you're not going out, you're not able to go um, have dinner. Uh, you're going to look at fans outside your hotel room. You're going to be looking at me walking by. Uh, going to get get my my hopefully Dunkin' Donuts, but I don't think there's Dunkin' downtown in, in India. I think I'm gonna have to deal with Starbucks. But uh, all those fans, they're gonna be outside their window and they can't they can't party with them. They can't even, you know, it, it's so hard this year. Like like for teams like a Michigan, right? And we've seen their fan base and how hungry they've been. 
like Illinois. Like those kids haven't gotten the, the adulation that they probably should walking across campus, right? Everybody telling Io what a great win it was or how are you? How you feeling? You're not getting any of that shit this year. And they're mm-hmm. not going to get it in Indianapolis. They're going to watch it from afar. If if that, they're going to watch it from their TV rooms and their from their TV screens in their hotel rooms. So here's here's my question about Michigan, which I think I'm I'm most worried about. It's the status of uh of Eli Brooks and Franz Wagner. Eli Brooks sprained his ankle and played just five minutes yesterday, and then on the last possession, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like Franz did something and came up. Um, a little bit gimpy. I think he like rolled his ankle, but it, on that last possession when they were down six at Michigan State, um, you could see him like hopping around in the final second. So um, their status obviously is going to be important. I think Franz Wagner is the most uh, most important player on that roster. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm definitely worried about uh, Michigan considering those injuries. Um, beyond that, you know, it's just it's their point guard and the big guy. Like we don't have to keep going over the same things over and over and over and making the same points over and over again. Um, what else happened yesterday? Macy OT went full Steph Curry, hit 10 threes. Yeah. Baylor's yeah. back, right? 10 to 12 from three. Yep. Right. Adam Baylor's back, right? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we were kind of waiting for this to happen. You know, they had that nice win on the road earlier in the week, um, which kind of shut a lot of us up who went against them. Obviously, the the spread obviously was a little ridiculous that they covered that game in overtime. But yeah, here nor there. Hey, look, that was a bad beat. That was a bad beat. I was with you that was on on West Virginia. That was a bad beat. Terrible. Terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, as we've said all year, it's Gonzaga and Baylor and then, you know, the rest of the field and obviously Michigan with the injuries and obviously Illinois and, and them coming back. Look, those, there are other teams there, but look, if Baylor doesn't get to a final four, this will be a major disappointment. If they don't get to the title game, it'll be a disappointment. Um, the way that they've played over the last two years, um, but having Teague, you know, kind of light it up from three, um, yesterday and just the way that they dominated that game, um, from start to finish, you know, that's, that shows how they are. Um, it wouldn't shock me if, if some team clips them in the big 12 tournament, just because their focus is obviously, uh, for next week. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're run the table from here on out and they kind of galvanize their, you know, galvanize themselves and obviously just hit the pedal here, um, and say, look, you know, we have all that stuff now behind us, all the COVID stuff's behind us. Let's go win this thing. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me if they did it now. I think my hottest take is that um, at least one of Baylor, Michigan, and Gonzaga are going to end up losing in their conference tournament at some point this week. Yeah. Now the That's easy one is the the easy one is Michigan if they're yeah. if like if these guys are all banged up. Well, here, but, here's the thing with Michigan though, Rob. Like to me, if these guys are banged up, like your focus has to be on next Friday, not this week. So to me, mm-hmm. if like they're even remotely banged up, they've if they've locked up that number one seed or even a, the best two seed. What's the benefit of getting them out there outside of just running them around for a few minutes? So to me, there are too many other teams in that league. Ohio State, if they want to be get motivated to get hot right now, which would be nice. Iowa, which we could talk about. I'm sure we will in a second. And obviously, the the other teams there. It wouldn't shock me if they rest their guys and get them ready for you know next weekend, um, because that's what you know, obviously is important right now. So it wouldn't shock me if Michigan lost this coming week. Hey Rob, some some decent no, news that I'm hearing on on Joe Wieskamp that it's not that bad that that there's a chance he could play um, in their first game in the Big Ten tournament, but they feel like it's it's not a major uh, ankle injury. They're going to make sure it doesn't blow up or anything today. Uh, certainly not broken or anything like that, but um, it it sounds like he's going to be okay. 
That's good. That's good. Um, the good thing with him is he's not someone that, that necessarily relies on his quickness too much. So he can be just as effective. Like having the threat of Joe Wieskamp is just as valuable as like, you know, what you need, you need him about. to be able to do this. And yes, uh, you still need him to be able to push off on, uh, you know, a little bit on that to be able to try to guard yeah. people. Yeah, sure. But like you, you basically have, I mean, if you could just get him through until the, the first weekend of the tournament, that doesn't really start until f- Saturday, right? Because it's Friday, the playing Saturday. games on Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday is the playing games. Is that right? And then Saturday, Sunday is the first round. Yeah. So you have you have 12 days to get him to the point where you really need him to be healthy. If he, if he plays in the Big Ten tournament, that's a bonus. If he doesn't play in the Big Ten tournament, well, that might be better because then he's healthy for uh, for uh, March. And again, like the value of we camp. Yeah. I wouldn't play him in the Big Ten tournament. There's no. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. Maybe put him. You know, either. Either. Like, who cares? Give him a couple minutes just to get a sweat. You know, just to kind of feel good, so that the NCAA tournament won't be his first minutes. But like, play him literally. Like Joe, we're gonna play like five minutes here. We're not. We're not gonna risk this thing. Uh, we're gonna play you five minutes just to get you back, so your first minutes aren't. But like, he's a veteran, so it doesn't even matter. I mean. I- I mean, Jeff, how much do you put into the stock of getting these guys minutes simply because of that 12-day layoff, too? Like, a lot of these conference tournaments that are wrapping up now, like for teams like a Winthrop that won't be playing for 12 days and some of the ones that are wrapping up now, like, to me, that's going to be a hurdle of, all right, we haven't played in 12 days. Now we're going to go and we're at the biggest stage. We're going to roll out there and play. So I agree with you. Maybe giving him, you know, five or ten minutes in a couple of these games this week might be the way to go. Again, their seeding is pretty much you know, where it is. I don't think it's going to be moved that that much unless they maybe win the Big Ten. But, um, I mean, I think that's pretty important here to just not have the rust there for two weeks as you play the first round. Yeah, I, I think good. these teams should go to Indy, the, the, the mid-majors, and scrimmage each other. You know, go to Indy a little bit early and just have these, like, yeah. secret scrimmages uh, yeah. throughout, you know, throughout Indy somewhere. Go to, go to Hankel or whatever. Yeah. Um, we've had some questions in the chat about uh, Baylor's roster, how many pros and whether or not all three guards are first rounders. Um, for my money, I think Jared Butler and, and Davion, uh, Davion, Mitz, Davion Mitchell should both be picked in the first round. I would be both of them in the first round. I would have both of them on um, a first or second team All-American team. Uh, Macy Oteague, I probably would not. like. He's, he's really old. He's got a weird release on his jumper. Um, he's a great college player. He's probably going to make a bunch of money playing in Europe for the next six to eight years, but I don't think that he's an NBA guy personally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think the best, and I've said this, I, I think the best uh, guy NBA upside might be uh, Matthew Meyer from Baylor. I think he, he's an NBA guy. He's going to have a huge year next year. I wouldn't have be I surprised. Told you my hot take? Have I told you my hot take about Matthew Meyer? Uh, I don't think I ahead. have. I uh, think he's the most likely guy to pull a Dante DiVincenzo in this year's tournament where he goes yeah. for like 25 totally. or 28 in a couple of different games, has a huge run. They make the final four. He's awesome on the biggest stage. And yep. someone's like, well, you know what? He is 6'9". He is pretty athletic. He does he's have shooting. a mullet, and he's got the lightning bolt in the side of his head. Like this dude, guaranteed to be awesome. Yeah, He's guaranteed yeah. to be wow. awesome. So let's That's just a good let, call. Let's draft him. That's a good call. Honestly, if he puts his name in for the draft this year, I, I think he probably goes somewhere in the first round. I, in fact, I think he's probably the highest drafted guy on on this team, which which sounds crazy, but uh, his upside is ridiculous. Um, and I don't I think know. He, I don't know if I would go that far because I think you're underselling how good Davion Mitchell really is. I, I yeah, don't think people realize how how good the dude is. He's the best defender in college basketball. He's shooting forty something percent from three. He's got like he can make all of the passes you need to make. 
I think the fact that he's been on a team where he hasn't been thrust into that role is the reason why you haven't really seen it, but he shows it in flashes. And the fact that he accepts what he's supposed to be able to like supposed to do on this roster and does his job and plays his role, like that's what he's going to have to do at the next level. Yeah. You know, Jared Butler's not going to be a guy that gets 18 shots a game in the NBA. He might be yeah. a, a an instant offense guy off the bench, but right. yeah. But I so think Damian, I, I, I love Damian. Second him. unit guard. I think he can yeah. be. Um, I think his ceiling is Patrick Beverly. I think he can get there. He's that good defensively. Um, and I think his floor is Javon Carter. And Javon Carter was was good in the bubble, was good last year, and just signed a three-year deal for $12 million as an extension. So, yeah. Um, all right. Anything else from yesterday? Should we talk about Maryland? We probably need to talk about Maryland. I mean, just the fact that, like it, – but it's so Maryland. It's just so Maryland to do this and so turged to do this. And, you know, finally you get people feeling good about Maryland a little bit um, going into this past week. And then, then you lose to Northwestern and Penn state. And they're, they're, they're still a tournament team, I think with what they've done, but ultimately like you have no faith in They've made it so hard on themselves. So unnecessarily hard on themselves. Like why, how do you lose to Northwestern and Penn state in the same week? Yeah. how much were they up yesterday? It was like a 16-point lead, right? They were up 16. They were up like nine with, with a few minutes left. I mean, they had this game completely in control. And then all of a sudden, they forget about Seth Lundy. And, uh, you know, he makes a couple big, big, big shots. And next thing you know, Maryland loses on senior day and loses a game in which they should have won. And now, you know, you're kind of – you got to beat Michigan State. You got to beat Michigan State to just get get a little mojo back and feel good going to the NCAA tournament again. I, listen, I don't expect Maryland to do anything in the tournament. Could they? Could they provide like an upset win in a in a five twelve game? Yeah, they could do that, and then they're gone. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. All right. Um, before we get into tonight's games, I just want you guys to think about one thing because I'm going to ask you at the end. I want your um, biggest storyline in conference tournament week. I want the guy that you think is going to be the breakout star of conference tournament week. And we're going to have one bold prediction. We're going to do that at the end of uh, after we talk about tonight's games, as always, every line, every reference to uh, to gambling odds that you hear um, on the show is courtesy of our partners over at bet rivers. And if you use the code 250 match, when you deposit $250 into bet rivers um, on their account, whether it's uh, at betrivers.com or on the bet rivers, iOS app, you will get that $250 mat, uh, deposit match. Um, so let's get into the lines tonight. I believe we just have the two uh, the two title games, right? It's the SoCon and the um, – is it the Sunbelt? SoCon and Sunbelt? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Two good games. So, two good games. Let's, let's start with Dustin Kearns. Yeah, Dustin Kearns. They're at, are they playing at Georgia State or is that game a, a neutral site? Pensacola. It's in Pensacola. Pensacola, huh? Yeah, and like a couple teams that you didn't expect to be there. I mean, Georgia State, Rob Lanier, done a great job there, getting that program back. Um, after a couple of years, you know, Ron Hunter leaves. Um, and App State, Dustin Kearns has gotten that. Like two programs that have had success in the past. Um, but but again, and, and what people don't you know, Rob Lanier had a shot. He had a shot as a, as a head coach at, at uh, Siena years ago. This is kind of a second chance for him and – uh, Georgia State's favored by five and a half. I think I like seven. the point. It's seven, seven at Bet Rivers. Up to seven now. Wow. Yeah, it's very much. 
For, for for the people listening to this, Goodman's brand is very much having the wrong lines and having his phone ding. And don't think we we heard your phone ring before. We heard it. Don't think that you got. Don't think that you got that Listen, covered. We heard it's that. Black Monday today. We it heard is that. Black Monday. There's gonna be firings. Just the fact that I'm spending this time with you, Rob Doster. Uh, you should feel good about don't, yourself. Don't act like you're doing us a favor. It's not going to on a Monday, and I got to sit here and I got to listen to you talk and explain why you have line. your phone going off on the uh, on the stream again. All right, so um, who do you who do you guys like? You, you like if you like the points at five and a half, I'm assuming you like the points at seven, right? Yeah, taking App State, baby. Little Dustin Kearns action. The fighting Dustin Kearns, uh, a member of the Mike Young um, coaching tree. Very true. Very, very, very true. true. The uh, the only concern that I have about App State is um, they have lost one, two, three, four, five uh, to end the regular season. They lost six of the last seven games, but they are on the year two and one uh, against Georgia State. Both of those yeah. did come at home. Um, they also yeah. knocked off the number one seed in this tournament in uh, when they beat Texas State on Saturday, which was unfortunate. You know, I I, I really like that Texas State story. Well, I mean, better job. That's all. I think with App State tonight, and when you look at those games that they played and being two and one against Georgia State, I mean, they won those games by nine points, by thirteen points. Those are pretty convincing wins. Their loss obviously was by fourteen, but when you have that kind of a discrepancy, give me seven, give me six and a half all day. I mean, I got the App State shirt actually here, ready to go. There you go. There you go. Oh, it's all in here. For some of my picks here tonight, as you guys know, I'm a junkie with the T-shirts and the apparel. Um, but, you know, I, I like App State here. Anytime you can get seven points and you've won two games by almost double digits against the opponent, and this is not a back-to-back scenario. They're obviously hot. They're getting hot at the right time. I don't know how they ended the regular season, but, look, uh, I'll take the points any day of the week, and I could get almost a touchdown on here. So that I like a lot. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, the other, uh, the other game tonight is UNC Greensboro is – Facing off with Mercer that is in Asheville at the Harris Cherokee Center. I, I believe that's where they had the Maui Invitational this year, right? Please so, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, same, place. same place. Goodman, uh, how how are you dealing with this one, man? You got you got your boy, Greg Gary, and you got your I boy, know. Wes Miller. This is tough. I know. It's a big game. Uh, Wes Miller land four? It's a yeah. big game for you. It is a big game. They're the favorite. They've been, you know, Furman gets knocked out, and, and it was going to be Furman and, and UNC Greensboro. Um, Mercer's got a couple really good transfers. Greg Gary's done an unbelievable job this year, but I think I'm going with Isaiah Miller and UNC Greensboro laying the wood here, laying four. Yeah, the uh, the two times they right. played this season, um, when they played uh, at UNC Greensboro, Mercer lost by 13, and when they played at home, Mercer lost by three. So they are okay. going to against the uh, the the Spartans, right? Is that the, is that the Spartans? Spartans. Another yep. Spartans? Yep. Um, yeah. So I I think I'm with you there. Um, I, yeah. I just look. You, you take the best the best coach, the best team, and the best player are all on the same side, and it's only four points. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, wow, look at you, Sorry. best coach. You're killing poor Greg Gary. I lo- I love Greg Gary, but I, I mean I'm just a big uh you know I'm a big West Miller guy. I think what people have to realize also here is that when they're looking at the seeds for this league, and I was doing my homework last night a little bit, and they see Mercer as the seven. I mean, they were, I think, 17 and 10 or are 17 and 10. They are better than a traditional seven seed in this league. But again, I agree, Rob. Best player on the court. You know, he showed it last night. I mean, if you guys got to watch the semifinal he played last night, Miller was great. Um, Four points isn't a lot. They already covered, you know, that number at home. They almost covered the game on the road, neutral site. (coughs) Greensboro, better team. 
and uh, best player on the floor. Yep. All right. So All right. what else we got tonight? WCC, uh, WCC semis, uh, St. Mary's Gonzaga. Normally a huge game. Normally a game where it's like, all right, can you know, can Gonzaga win this, or will St. Mary's pull the upset? St. Mary's done well uh, against Gonzaga in the past, but uh, seventeen and a half points. Who thought we'd be looking at a line of seventeen and a half points? With a you know, what's, you, know what's, you know what's even more incredible that the line is actually eighteen points at Bet Rivers. Uh, it is well, it's obviously grown since I last looked. <laughs> uh, regardless, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. So you like you like St. Mary's here? In theory, no, I do. Right? No, I, no, no. Because I, I think Mark Few. The one thing you got to remember with Mark Few is like it's not like he empties his bench early. He's not known for that. He is known for putting in his starters and keeping his starters in there. Like, it could be 25 points. And with two minutes left, I'm telling you, Corey Kispert is still going to be in the game. So, no, I don't I don't like either, to be honest. I, I like the Pepperdine BYU game better. I agree. I think that you know this has 21 to 22 point spread, late second half, and then a backdoor cover that bites us written all over it. I think he's going to want to you know run up the score here, put that game up 20-22, put it away. Those guys on Gonzaga, Kispert and, and Suggs and those guys are going to want to beat this team. But, again, I have a bad feeling that with two minutes to go, we're up 20, 21, a couple yeah, threes yeah. from St. Mary's, and we lose, they win by 16. So I, I would stay away from that. And I agree with, with, with uh, Jeff. I like this BYU game a lot more um, for a betting standpoint. I, I'm actually kind of interested in, in St. Mary's in this spot because, um, I mean, we saw it the first time that they played. The way that, that St. Mary's wants to play where they just completely control tempo, um, they run their offense, uh, you know, 25, 30 seconds on the shot clock. They don't go after offensive rebounds, and they clean the defensive glass. Like that's what you need to be able to do to beat Gonzaga. That's how you have to do it. You have to keep them out of transition. You can't let them get second chance points, and you have to be able to run your offense and score. Now, the big question is going to be whether or not St. Mary's can actually run their offense and score. Like this is the worst offense that we've seen out of a Randy Bennett team in a long, long time, and it's probably because they have a walk on running the point. Hey, right? like, instead hey, of having, hey, no hey look, Tommy Cousy's Tommy Cousy's good. But when you have Tommy Cousy at the point instead of someone like a Jordan Ford, instead of someone like a Matthew Dellavedova, instead of someone like a Patty Mills, you know, normally they have an NBA player at the point. Now they have Tommy Cousy. There's a big difference there. So, Are you saying Tommy um, Cousy's not an NBA player? I do not think Tommy Cousy's an NBA Writing player. Writing that down. Writing that down yeah. right now. You can, you can – <laughs> I'm sure that Tommy Cousy would admit that he's probably not an NBA player as well. Um, All I know is a year ago at this time, I was pressuring Randy Bennett to give Tommy Cousy a scholarship. Legitimately, like a year ago, right about now, I was in, in Moraga yelling at Randy Bennett to give Tommy Cousy a scholarship, and Tommy Cousy got a scholarship this year. So um, good for Tommy. Yeah. So you're, it, it, it's your fault that this is the worst St. Mary's team that we've seen in the no. decade. It's not. It is not. Um, all right, what else we got for tonight? Horizon? Little Horizon semis? Well, yeah. talk about Pepperdine and BYU. Oh, you, guys yeah, didn't, you guys said that you liked it, but who do you, why like, do you, who do you like and why? I just like BYU here. Um, I think that they have too many guys that could score from all positions on the court. Um, they're just much more athletic to me watching this than Pepperdine. I don't know what the line is right now. I looked at I tried to get it last night, but it wasn't posted yet. Um, regardless, I just like BYU here. I think they're obviously a tournament team. I think they want to get in hot. Um, I think that they want to get that game against Gonzaga badly. Um, I think they they think that they can play with them. I don't think that's the case. 
But whatever the number is, unless it's 30 or so, give me people, which it obviously won't be. But give it's me eight, it's eight and a half right now. It's eight eight and a half. Give me, I'll take it to like 11 or so. I think that BYU is just going to come in here, hit their shots, and they're just so motivated, I think, to get that rematch, another game with uh, Gonzaga. So I like the Cougars here. I do as well. Um, I think it comes down to uh, are you are you betting on Mark Pope or are you betting on Lorenzo Romar? Um, and yeah. I, I would probably make the argument that um, Pepperdine is more talented, and, and I don't really think it's necessarily all that close. Like, there's two guys that could play in the NBA on Pepperdine's roster, um, and Colby Ross and, and Kessler Edwards, but uh, it, it hasn't exactly turned into the kind of season that I think people were expecting. Like, I, I was kind of expecting them to be someone that could make a run at being like a top 40 team this year, yeah. um, and they yeah. have not been that. So, uh, I would, I'll, I'll probably be on BYU here. Like Mark Pope just knows how to game plan, man. Like, look at all the talent they lost last year, and they're still a top twenty team, right? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I like, uh, I like BYU in this spot. Um, I'm a big Cleveland State guy tonight. Only I giving three and a half to Milwaukee. Like, is it three and a half, Rob? Take a look. I saw three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. I, I like that one. I think Dennis Gates is, is, is honestly playing for a lot here. And his team's playing for a lot. I mean, this is a game that, you know, I think honestly, even if they get to the championship game of the horizon, he's in line to get like a Penn State, you know, like he's in the mix of Penn State. When DePaul opens, he could be in the mix for DePaul. He's from Chicago. So I, I think this is a big game for him to to just get on TV, even if he doesn't win in, in, in the finals of the Horizon League, uh, for people to kind of see him and, um, obviously he's got his acumen is, is playing at Cal coaching for a while under Leonard at Florida state. So I, I like Cleveland state here and they've had a hell of a year. Yeah. You want, you want my favorite underdog pick of the night? What do you got? Um, I'm riding the Elon Phoenix. Oh. They are, they, they're, oh. they're, they're the team of destiny here. They have been crushed by COVID stuff all crushed. season long. Like right? a month crushed. Yeah, crushed yeah. by COVID stuff. Uh oh, uh oh, we got the Hofstra hat on. Had to bring the Hofstra hat on. Here we go. Look well, at that. I get enough to get that freaking MBA degree in marketing from Hofstra. I'll put the hat on for this. For this. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, no, I mean, look. Want to know if you want definitive proof that Elon is the team of destiny in this year's in this year's March? Yeah, they beat. They're they're the eight seed in the tournament. They beat James Madison yesterday by one. Do you know what it took for them to beat James Madison by one? Yeah, we they saw that. a technical foul that Jamie Lucky called. This is what happened. Guy goes up, the guy on James Madison goes up and scores, right? Gets hit in the arm, no fouls called, lays in and scores, screams, and one, like every single player in the history of basketball has ever done. Jamie Lucky tees him up. Mark Byington is like, You're, we're calling technicals on people for saying and one now. And Jamie Lucky said, yes, we are today. That was the first tee. The second one came with a minute 13 left in a two-point game when Mark Byington got teed up for going outside of the coach's box. Crazy. Those two technical fouls are the reason that Elon won. That is definitive proof that they are the team of destiny. They're going to win this tournament. They're going to be an automatic bid. You might as well just get on the bandwagon now. And when they get there, you can say, Rob, you knew it. You were able to read the tea leaves and see that Elon, the Elon Phoenix, are the team of destiny in this year's March. There you go. That's myself. They've All also right. won seven in a row, so that, <laughs> they're hot. They're hot. All right, all right. You got Elon. Uh, what else? You like? anything else? Anything else in today's slate? Well, I think we, we got two up? interesting Summit League semifinals. Actually, 
um, from a betting standpoint. Um, yeah. South Dakota, uh, they're both interesting. South Dakota State, for me, they played Oral Roberts twice, and the disparities were all over the place. They won, I think, won by 15, lost by 17. But the interesting number here, and, and Rob, you may have the over-under number here for South Dakota State and Oral Roberts, but in one of the matchups, they put up 189, and the other one was 175. Um, so depending on what that number looks like, uh, these two teams obviously don't play too much defense when they play each other. They never um, play yeah, defense in the Summit League. The Summit no. League is awesome because all, yeah, all you mean, do is get games do. in the 90s. Oh, here, I also so I'm I'm actually on, on the Jackrabbits tonight. Let's go Jacks. Um, so I'm on the Jackrabbits with the number, but I also like the over depending on what that is. Um, I think that just makes sense. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, all right, I, 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 all right, all right. I, I'm with you on the I, over. I, I love number. it. And then the other one, the other matchup too, you know, North Dakota State, South Dakota, these teams actually played three times already this season. Um, North Dakota State won by seven, won by 12, lost by nine. And I think they're giving a point and a half, at least the last time I saw. Um, they're the better team. Three. three. It's up to three. I mean, yeah. I still like it. I think their two wins were by seven and 12. Their, their loss was nine. You know, like, again, if, if I had to go one way or the other, um, but yeah, I see three now. Um, I guess I would go North Dakota State. Um, but I guess we'll see where that number goes today, but, um, I would definitely lean towards them and I'd love to see another North Dakota state, South Dakota state championship game. So I guess that's for, uh, in the summer, North Dakota state is real good. Like, I, I don't know if you guys remember seeing them play, um, at Kansas earlier this year, but they're really, yeah. really good. They got some length. They got some athletes on that roster. Um, I, I do kind of like them in the spot as well. I'm not as sold on South Dakota state, but I, I think the over is the player there. I love that logic. Yeah. And, and look, in March, there's nothing better than betting overs in March. You know why? Because you don't have to root against anybody. The best right. thing about betting overs is every shot that goes in is a good shot. Like, that's all you want. You want people to make shots. And it's just it's too stressful this time of year to root for misses. Yeah. Totally. So bet the over. All Life right. is too short to bet the under. All right. What, what do you want here? Your breakout. What, what are we doing before we leave? Well, we'll start with the biggest storyline in uh, – in, um, during uh, conference championship week for you guys. You want me to go first? Yeah, please. My biggest storyline is the Blue Bloods becoming Cinderella's. We have eight yeah. seed Michigan State has a chance to make a run. We have North Carolina as a seven seed with a chance to make a run. We have the the one thing that I want more than anything else this week, and which may be like the right. single best storyline if it happens, is Kentucky making a run and winning the SEC tournament title game. That's what yeah. that's all I want in this in, in, in this world. I can it'll be so great. You know how John Calipari always has his rant ready to go about why they were screwed in the seating process? I cannot wait for Kentucky to go win the SEC tournament title, right? Get seated as like a 14, and for John Calipari to just rip the committee for seating the 14. Oh, that's all I want. Look at our world. record. Look at our record. How can you put us as a 14 seat? Yeah, he'll, we played the toughest schedule in the country. I, I can't believe I made this schedule, and you put us as a 14 seat. We played Richmond and Notre Dame. Like, <laughs> just in case you didn't realize, like they both didn't make the tournament. So stop saying how tough your schedule was. Oh Skip. man, yeah, I can't. I, I, that's all I want. So that's my that's my biggest storyline. Adam, why don't you go next? Yeah, I mean, I think I've got two of them. I think one of them is, you know, which of these bubble teams are going to step up? I think that, you know, we obviously Syracuse, they're always on the bubble. So, obviously, I have to put my Syracuse hat on, at least for the rest of the conversation, um, and hope that they can win a couple games here and make things You got all the gear ready to go. I love that you came with all the props. As I told Jeff yesterday, I had my Belmont shirt ready. (laughs) 
Yeah. Roll that out. Roll that out. Yeah. Uh, I'll save that for the NIT. But um, you know, which of these teams, Seton Hall, St. John's, Syracuse, can win a few games, get some momentum, and, and maybe solidify a berth? But honestly, I think you guys love this guy. Is Cade? I want to see him. You know, this is kind of like the appetizer for what we're going to see. Hopefully next week and for a couple weeks. Team is red hot. They're playing as well as anyone in the country. Um, let's see how he can do now again in a great conference and with games that he's going to have to, you know, be the star. So I want, I can't wait to see how he performs. I think getting the big 12 tournament against these teams um, before the actual tournament is going to help him a lot, kind of get used to it and then take off from there. So I can't wait to see Cade this week and uh, see how much that momentum can carry them. Devin, what do you got? I don't know what I have. I mean, again, I think you guys took the two main things. You know, to me, it's – I have written down, you know, again, Duke, Kentucky, uh, Michigan State, what could they do here? Um, obviously, the bubble teams is the big thing. Uh, you know, I guess for me, it might be the Big Ten tournament still. You know, looking at it from several different um, ways. Obviously, Michigan and Illinois pretty much have a, a, a one seed locked up. Um uh, you know, how does I, uh, is Ohio State going to get their mojo back in this? Is Joe Wieskamp going to play and how healthy is he going to be? Michigan State, we talked about. Um, Indiana and Mi- Minnesota have coaches that are clearly fighting for their jobs. And I think Richard Pitino is pretty much done. But I think watching Indiana in this one is going to be uh, very interesting because if they lay an egg, could Archie Miller and, you know, $10 million. Uh, you know, by what he's owed, you know, could Scott Dolson make a move there? Is he looking at this this Big Ten tournament as kind of, all right, do I keep Archie for another year or do I make a move on him? Again, I think Richard Pitino is already gone. But I, I think there's a lot. There's a lot in the Big Ten. The best games are going to come in the Big Ten and the Big 12 because those have been the best leagues all year. But the most intriguing storylines are going to come to me from like the ACC, the SEC. Um, I think Memphis – Still could be interesting. The AAC, like, is Houston a lock to win the AAC? Probably not. Like, can, can somebody steal a bid there? Are are they a lock to play in the ACC, AAC tournament? Yes. From what it's, I'm told, it's, yes. it's definitely happening. All right. From they, what they, for people, for people that, that weren't aware that there was there was some scuttle for a while that they might not play in the tournament because they're worried about the uh, the the no mask mandate that is going on in that state right now. And the last thing that you want is to have a bunch of players in that state and someone test positive and have a blow up your, uh, your March. All right. So let's go with the breakout star um, during this week. Goodman, I'm going to put you on the spot with this one first, since uh, you very clearly did not give this any thought whatsoever on my homework assignment that I assigned five, five minutes before. You didn't give me any. Hey, what do you want from me, man? I come up with ideas. I got to let them flow, you know? Trying to break the Eastern Michigan firing. I mean, come on. We got things going on here. Um, the breakout star. I don't know who's the breakout star. I, I don't I don't know. So you want to know who I I'll, – I'll go first on that one. Sure. Let you guys think about it. I, I'm going to go with Moses Moody. We talked about it the other day, um, but he's a guy on a top 15 team, um, on a team that finished second in the SEC, that is going to be a lottery pick that is averaging 17 points a game. Feels like no one's really talking about him. Uh, he's, he had 28 in his last two games. Um, I definitely think he's the kind of guy that could go out and average like 23 per game, and Arkansas can go out and win the SEC tournament, and everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, now I see why Moses Moody's getting all this hype. So I, I'm going with him. The other guy that I would go with is probably James Booknight, but uh, that feels very much like a, a – Not really a breakout. So, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. like he already broke. He out. already broke. Yeah, he broke. Yeah. He's broken. Uh, yeah, I got, yeah, I got two actually. I think one of the guys in the chat kind of stole my thunder with Moses Wright. I mean, I just watched that guy kind of dominate uh, the last couple of games, and that guy could certainly put up some numbers. I think they're a team that, you know, again, when the Bulls brackets come out, that team's scary to me. Like they just yeah. something they're not not like the smoothest team to watch at all, as we know, but at the same time, they're going to muck it up. And I think they could play and that guy's been great. And I think Rob, one of the things you hit on, I think over the weekend when you were talking about it, but these guys from Purdue pick any one of those guys, I think they're, they're one of these teams that I was going to talk about this too. When they get into the tournament, they literally have nothing to lose. These guys are all theoretically going to come back next year. Um, They have nothing to lose. Sometimes when you uh, just throw these young kids into a tournament, let them lose, see what could happen. They're going to be theoretically playing the NCAA tournament in their backyard, so that should help them a little bit too. Um, but I, any of these guys on Purdue, I think they're a sleeper team to win the tournament, the Big Ten tournament. So any of those guys could step up. They've been playing a hell of a great ball over the last couple of weeks. they got a great coach. So I would take those guys and Moses Wright. I think those – I'm excited to watch those guys play. Um, and, again, you know, some of the guys in the, in the Pac-10, who's going to step up in the Pac-10, you know? Um, so that'll be interesting to watch too. I'm going with uh, with Champagny and Hauser. Champagny and Hauser, because I get four of them total. So um, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm just increasing my odds. That's yeah. all I'm doing. I'm just playing the game and increasing my Smart. odds. So Smart. I got two um, Champagnys and I got two Hausers, and uh, that means I got more, more guys than you. I got more chances. All right, last thing. Bold prediction for this week. Adam, why don't you lead this one off? Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 tournament. Um, again, I, I think Baylor is one of these teams that could get picked off just because of the fact that they've done so much. Um, they're coming back. Do they want to kind of give it their all with, you know, the tournament? They're just coming back from the pause. Uh, I don't trust Kansas. And then you look around the league, who's playing better than Oklahoma state right now. So, um, I'll take that as one. And then I think Purdue winning the big 10, I'll double up and I'll say both of those guys. I think those are two teams playing well right now. Um, by the way, Boynton's done an excellent job at Oklahoma State, and they were kind of talking about it, um, I think, on the telecast the other day, but what that guy's done to kind of get this team to buy in around Kate, because obviously sometimes it's hard when you have a star, and he obviously is a big reason why, um, where he's such a member of this team, and he's so close with that team, but the fact that he's kind of brought this all together, and they're peaking right now, uh, so I'll go with Oklahoma State and Purdue to win their conference tournaments. I'm going to go bid Steelers in the Big East and the Pac-12. Bid Steelers in both. Um, again, you know, Big East right now looks like a mess. It, it really does. And I know we're, 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 we're all over UConn and they're playing well, but I could see somebody, a Seton Hall, a St. John's, a Providence, making a run and, and winning that thing. And the Pac-12 stinks. I mean, it's been bad. It's been mediocre all year. I'm hoping my Arizona State Sun Devils – uh, make a run. They finally get it together, Rob Doster. They finally nope. do it. The nope. team I picked 15th. Hold in the on. Give me one second. I'll be right back. I got something for you. Hold on. All right. Get the All right. Arizona State t-shirt. All right. So, Jeff, I love your call on uh, on St. John's. My bold prediction was going to be um, St. John's winning the Big East tournament. They're playing in Madison yeah, Square Garden, good. which is a home arena. They get yep. Seton Hall in the first round. There, there you go. Is. Sun Devils, baby. Um, they get Arizona State. They get Seton Hall in the first round. They just yep. erased an 18-point deficit and beat uh, Seton Hall by 10 last game of the regular season. Um, their their semifinal matchup then would be against the Villanova team that doesn't have uh, Colin Gillespie right. and that might not have 
Justin Moore. And with the way that St. John's wants to press, how about this? I think Villanova might have to start Chris Archie Diacono at the point. He played 25 minutes against uh, Providence the other day. This is his second year in the program. Can you guess how many total minutes he played in the uh, in, in every game across his entire career before Saturday? 25 minutes. He played 35 minutes his entire career, and he played 25 minutes on Saturday. That's and he might have to start at the point in the semifinals of the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden against the St. John's team with uh, with Posh Alexander, who's going to be harassing him. And you get to the final of the Big East, you know, it's, it's got to win one game. So yep. my, my, guys, my prediction is St. John's one of the Big East tournaments. What do you guys think about, you know, obviously you guys talked about it yesterday morning with Zagorowski coming out and defending McDermott and obviously standing behind him, but – to me, what they showed, you know, blasting Butler on, what was it, Saturday, and coming in here, you know, it's them and UConn to me in terms of the two favorites, obviously. St. John's, I certainly think, can win it. Um, right. What do you think about Creighton, not only this week, but even going forward? I think him coming out, um, you know, and he's, again, most likely in most of the games that they're going to play, Zagorowski is the best player on the floor. I think that this is a team that if they can get hot now, too, they could obviously make a run because of him, his leadership, and then then maybe all buying into this. Adam, I, I think the, the problem is I think that they're still – like he came out and said something, but I don't think that that unified. locker room is completely yeah. unified. And if Greg McDermott is back this weekend, um, I think that there is uh, – what's what's the best way to – I think that that can create some awkward situations if he comes back. Sure. I think that's the best way to phrase it. Yeah, that's true. So um, – but I, I mean, I like the theory, like the, but the, yeah, I think there's a reason why Zagorowski came out and said what he said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because it's, a, there's, there's yeah, Creighton, they look good on that, on that game, but Butler, Butler's bad right now. Yeah, that's true. They're bad. I mean, the three of us, I think could get a couple dudes out there and, and we might be able to hang with Butler right now. Well, maybe, maybe me and Adam, but Jeff, I've seen you play, man. You'll, you would, you would tear your meniscus in the first two minutes of that game. Trying I feel to go good right now. I trying feel to go good. Up and tell everyone. Adam, do you know he spent this entire season telling everyone that he can still go up and touch the rim? I mean, I could touch my kids. That's about it. So I could. I gotta get. I gotta get back in shape. I'm gonna. I'm gonna work on it now that the weather. Yeah, we'll, we'll weather's we'll right. We'll, we'll see. Fifty degrees here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start going for runs. Do see lots of walks can... outside of Indianapolis. That'll be. That'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be running. Hey, I got I got We got a Peloton, so I could try to lose my COVID nineteen. All right. All right, guys. Adam, thanks for jumping on the stream. Adam, thanks, man. We My appreciate pleasure. It. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Be well. You too. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.